0: Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay on Tuesday, September the 20th. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast and our top story today you may well have seen actually on your socials. It's a shocking video of a fight outside McDonald's in Ashford and has gone viral. It had been viewed, would you believe, more than two million times in just a few hours and shows three men being knocked to the ground by another man outside the fast food chain. Oh! <laughs> After initially punching two people, the man takes off his shirt and strikes out again. As you can hear there, people nearby were shouting and jeering before someone eventually tried to break it up. Police have told us three men aged 53, 37 and 23 were all arrested on suspicion of a fray. The 53-year-old man has been released on bail, while the 37 and 23-year-olds have been released under investigation. Officers tell us that inquiries into the incident are ongoing. They're aware of footage that has been posted on social media, but do want to hear from any witnesses. Now, this was on the lower part of the high street in Ashford, which has actually seen other trouble in recent months. You might remember back in June a woman was attacked outside Sports Direct which isn't too far from McDonald's. The following month a pensioner was pushed in the back and robbed of his phone near to the junction with North Street and this isn't the first incident to be filmed outside a McDonald's this month either. You might recall on the podcast last week we told you about trouble outside the restaurant on Week Street in Maidstone That trouble was involving a group of girls. Well, we're keen to find out what's being done to tackle this sort of violence in our town centres and have been in touch with Kent's police and crime commissioner. We're hoping to have Matthew Scott on the podcast later this week. In other crime news, four people have been arrested after a police plane and armed officers were called to Ramsgate. There were reports of men with knives in the Newington area yesterday evening. It's been described as a disturbance, but no one was injured. Kent Online News. Plans for a third Aldi in Ashford seem to have split opinion with people living in the town since official plans were submitted last month. Some say the proposed supermarket off Canterbury Road in Kennington will be a good thing, but others fear it'll cause traffic problems. The chain opened its first store in the town in 2018. It also has plans to open another shop in Waterbrook Avenue off the A2070. Bosses at Dover Marina Hotel have put forward plans to increase the number of rooms there. They want to expand the site on Waterloo Crescent in both directions to create an extra 38 rooms to meet demand during the summer. It's not known yet how much it would all cost. A fine food shop and restaurant is making changes to its operation in Ashford. McNaid opened in Elwick Place just before the first COVID lockdown in 2020. The company says it'll have a smaller food range on sale and will be focusing on its restaurant instead. Bosses have also confirmed there won't be any job losses. Now, there are calls to save a former Debenhams in Folkestone from being demolished. The three-storey Edwardian building on the corner of Sangate Road and Bouverie Place is set to be pulled down and replaced with a £16 million health centre. But a survey has found 85% of people would like it to remain. Mark Hurahan is vice chairman of the new Folkestone Society and has been speaking to our reporter, Rhys Griffiths.
1: The survey is uh, in response to the fact that the council have announced that the Folker building, uh, or the corner part of the Folker building, which is Edwardian, uh, needs to go in order to create a new medical centre. It's not fit for purpose and they want to build a new custom-made Uh, brand new state-of-the-art centre. So the survey is asking for people's opinions on uh, whether they feel that the building should be retained, uh, whether they can think of any better places or better uses for the building.
2: And what's the feedback been like so far and how
1: many people have responded at this stage? It's been really good. Uh, We've got about uh, probably about 85% of people are saying no, they don't want it uh, demolished. There's a mixture of how they feel about the rest of it, but that's, that's the overwhelming thing is, is that number, which is a great number. Um, and we've had nearly a thousand people respond.
2: Tell me about the, um, the history of the building and why it's so iconic and
1: important for Folkestone. Absolutely, the, uh, the corner building was built in 1911. It was originally a car showroom. Uh, and then in 1931, it was converted to a department store. It used to have a lovely bronzed arcade running through the corner people may still remember that as it was around in the 60's still uh, and that was done by Seaton Dahl the architect who did the uh, Leescliff Hall um, so unfortunately we haven't got that anymore because that would have been very iconic but the building itself still you know it's got all the apartments upstairs and Mr Bobby used to live up there um, and uh, it's it's a much treasured much cherished building in Folkestone and as you can see it, it creates a lovely vista whichever way you're looking it's sort of frames the street scene which is lovely.
2: The two buildings are separate aren't they? Can you just tell me about how they sort of sit together because they're not physically the same building that's what's allowing this proposal to come about so could you just tell me how they interact the two buildings?
1: So um, as I say the, the uh, corner building was built first the other building was built by Mr Bobby uh, in 1931. Um, the, the department store on the corner was Lewis and Highland, the competitor. I think Mr Bobby was a bit upset that uh, they picked him to the post on the corner building, but they only lasted about less than two years in that building, and when they moved out, he bought it, knocked the two together, and created one big Bobby's department store, which eventually became Devin.
2: So the uh, the art more, I guess, art deco is the right term for the uh, the building on Sandgate Road itself. That's going to stay. Yes. That, that, there's no threat to that building. At but, the moment, no. But do you feel that, but I assume your view is that this has its own architectural merit that deserves to be saved.
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, we did do a, a listing attempt back in, I think it was 2020. Uh, the Historic England were only looking at the Art Deco part of the building, curiously. But now um, there's been a big uh, call for Save Britain's Heritage Heritage being involved. They actually came down and had a walk at the, um, at the weekend on Saturday and they looked around all our buildings at risk. And they're having a big campaign about uh, high street department stores. A lot of them are in trouble. A lot of heritage ones that are disappearing. And um, Historic England, as a result, have said that they will reappraise uh, how their listing criteria for department stores. So it's possible that this one might be special enough for national listing, but if not, it's, it's special enough for what we call the local list which is like being listed but just like You can
0: head to the Folkestone pages of Kent Online to see exactly what the building looks like and if you still want to have a say, you've got until Thursday, which is when the survey closes. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. A man in his 70s has died after being hit by a motorbike near Ashford. It happened as he was walking across Tenterden Road after getting off a bus not far from Woodlands Park in Biddenden on Sunday. The motorcyclist and his feet passenger who were both in their 20s were taken to hospital with serious injuries. Disabled people in Kent are starting to receive their cost of living payment from today. Around six million people in total across the UK are getting £150 from the government. The announcement was made by the last Chancellor, Rishi Sunak, to help people with rising prices. There are going to be more rail strikes in Kent next month. Members of the Aslef union have announced they'll walk out on the 1st and 5th of October in a dispute over pay. Meantime, 11 trade unions are seeking a judicial review of plans to allow companies to hire agency staff to replace striking workers. In the meantime, it's hoped work to replace manual level crossings in two Kent villages will be finished by this Christmas. Network Rail wants to install electronic gates just outside Y Station near Ashford and further up the line at Chatham near Canterbury. They say it'll improve safety but need to consult with residents as the work will involve some road closures. A man from Maidstone is encouraging other men to get checked after surviving prostate cancer. Alistair Deersd was diagnosed three years ago at the age of 58. He's decided to speak out following the very sad death of TV's Bill Turnbull from the disease. Well, Alistair was given a PSA blood test after noticing he was having to go to the toilet more regularly. He's been speaking to our reporter, Charlotte Phillips.
3: We'd gone away on holiday to Canada. And for a while, I've been having urinary problems, you know, going too often etc. etc. up too often in the night, all those sorts of things. And when we got back from the holiday in Canada, I decided to go and see the doctor. The doctor was very good. He said, right, okay, let's just do a you know, blood test, which is called a PSA test. So we went through that. The PSA came back and I immediately got a phone call from the doctor saying, I need to have you for an appointment. When I got there, he said, right, your PSA is 3.7 Um, you should have a PSA less than three. So I was very lucky in the fact that the doctor took it seriously because it would have been very easy. If I'd been 60 at the time, technically it would have been under four and they probably wouldn't have actually looked at me. So the PSA score is very relevant to what happens to you. That got sent off. I went for um, an MRI. Then it came back that I would need a biopsy. From the biopsy... They found that I had prostate cancer and then you go and see the specialist and the specialist saw me and he said, right, unfortunately, when we did the biopsy, there was nine out of 22 cuts that were cancerous. You have three choices. You can either be observed, you can have radiotherapy or you can have it removed. And I was took about 30 seconds to say. I'll have it removed. Thank you very much. (laughs) I've worked in the pharmaceutical company. I know a fair amount about cancer and the last thing I want is cancer in the body. So if you can take it out, I don't really care. Just get rid of it. (laughs) So that was my personal um, take on it. Other people go down the different routes. You know, the good news is about prostate cancer is that in the majority of cases, it can be cured. Unfortunately, if it's found too late, then it becomes incurable. And unfortunately, we've got some people at the group who are in that situation as well. And we can't emphasize that enough. You know, certainly anybody over 50 should be having regular PSA checks. And anyone who's suffering with urinary systems where they are going too often should just, yeah, go and talk to their doctors. If they can get an appointment, that's a different issue. Just to be checked out, just to be absolute. Um, you know, they were showing that potentially there may be a system in the future that, Lypress breast cancer, could be scanning for it. But that's too far away at the moment. The best thing we can do is get the PSA check done on a regular basis. Kent Online reports
0: a former Kent PCSO is due in court accused of sending inappropriate messages to a woman he met while on duty. Thomas Daly, who was based in Canterbury, allegedly tried to pursue an improper relationship with her in July 2020. The 49 year old has been charged with misconduct in a public office and will appear at Westminster Magistrates Court tomorrow. A pub in Gravesend has sparked a bit of a debate today after saying they won't ever take card payments. The Crown in Perry Street only accepts cash as the manager says it's easier and has less risk of going wrong. If you're like me, I very rarely carry cash anymore, but should we ever become a cashless society? We'd love to know what you think today. You can vote in our poll within the story at Kent Online. With The results so far show that a third of you say yes, card payments are more convenient, but the vast majority, 67% say no, cash is just as convenient. Don't forget you can still vote within that story by heading to the website. There are calls for volunteers to help restore an historic ship which led the flotilla at Sir Winston Churchill's funeral. The vessel is currently moored at a creek in Raynham but has fallen into disrepair since being bought off eBay four years ago. It's thought it'll cost about £5,000 to get her seaworthy again. You can see pictures of her on the website. At Kent Online you can also see aerial photos that have revealed previously hidden first World War trenches in Canterbury. They were dug to train soldiers heading over to the continent. The recent dry weather means they're much more visible and cover several hundred metres on the fairways of the city's golf club. Also on the website today, you can have a first look inside a former private hospital in Maidstone that's been converted into flats. The Grade 2 listed Summerfield House on London Road closed in 2019 and plans to transform the site were approved the following year. The project should be finished by next spring. Next today and fundraising is underway to try and prevent a project in Raynham designed to reduce plastic waste from closing down. The Circle Refill Hub has been running for the past two years. The original founder has decided to step away from running it from home though and the new idea is to make it more mobile and run it from a milk float. To do that they need to raise £15,000 in just over a month. I've been chatting to Kat Korf,
4: who's hoping to take it over and raise the profile too. Kind of during the lockdown time, and I think everyone had a chance to kind of focus on how they live. And I was sort of watching what was happening with the uh, Raynham Eco Hub and also with what Liz was doing, kind of kicking off the circle. And I just contacted her and said, can I get involved? Can I help? And uh, so for a while before i went back to work i was um doing kind of beauty refills from my cabin in the back of my garden so and it was mainly deliveries at the time because it was kind of lockdown period kind of a really sort of strange time but i spent hours just in the back of my garden refilling all these bottles for people like delivering them out to people and i, I absolutely loved it and it really felt like i had a purpose um, so yeah, and so that's how I know. That's how I kind of got to know Liz, and we've kind of stayed in contact since.
0: Obviously, Liz has decided that she wants to perhaps not do it all the time, and and you're looking to to take over running it. So can you explain what you're doing at the moment?
4: Liz obviously did it from from home, uh, so she had people kind of coming to her house, and I I just kind of know that that wasn't perhaps super convenient for everyone, and also you know it's people coming to your house, which can. Be a bit difficult maybe for neighbours and things um and so the idea for going forward is to get um like a low impact refurbished milk float or a refurbished float. um and that way we can kind of bring it to other people bring it to people you know we can we can do like pre-scheduled stops uh, so people can kind of find out where you're going to be and go there and it will be kind of around the Rainham area but also like local villages so it can kind of branch out and make it really convenient for people because i know obviously, during the lockdown, people had a lot of sort of time on their hands, mainly. Um, and you had a lot of time to sort of reflect and, and do the things you wanted to do. But unfortunately, you know, obviously, now people are time poor, they're back to work, you know, getting to the their supermarket is hard enough, let alone getting to the supermarket for, you know, a lot of stuff, and then being able to go to another shop for, you know, doing refilling, you know, it's not like people don't want to do it it's just that it's really difficult to kind of squeeze that in. So I think it makes it a lot harder for people. Um, so we wanted to kind of get past that and sort of offer a solution. I totally agree.
0: And I think it's something that once you start, you don't actually want to stop either. So if you if you lose a facility, it's, it's really devastating because when uh, was like, I'm not great. sure what's going to happen with the business, I was like, ah but i really you know there there isn't much provision for this in medway is there surprisingly i mean we've got a huge population but there's
4: not much of this around no exactly and i think a lot of people don't really know what it is and i think that's part of it we want to kind of normalize it and make people find out that there is another alternative for people you do have a choice um and you know i think I think, you know, obviously we've got that place in Rochester and there's people in Faversham doing it. Um, But for Medway itself, it's actually quite difficult to get access to anyone. And I I know a lot of people are very disappointed that Liz was thinking that, you know, that was going to be the end. So it's great that we've got this potential chance to keep it going.
0: Absolutely. And do you think that kind of because there was that huge disappointment and obviously you guys have come up with a plan on how to keep it going do you think that shows that there is a demand for this sort of thing
4: yeah absolutely I mean I think just the numbers sort of show you know in the first day we had over a thousand pounds worth of pledges in in one day so you could see you know people were kind of desperate for it to come back but then I think it's also trying to get people the rest of the community to understand what what it is um and what it can do for them. Cause I think, you know, some people are just not aware of it and it's trying to engage them over the next few weeks to say, we can do this for you. You, you know, you you can you can live better, you know, you can live more sustainably and it'll be easy for you. And it's not some something that, you know you know, the weirdy beardies are doing. It's it's what everyday people would want to do and can do. So what's the time scale on the
0: fundraising
4: and when are you hoping that you would have the vehicle and you would be able to get out and about? We've got a seven-week fundraising uh, time scale. So I think that ends on the 25th of October. So I think it's something like 38 days left. So it does. It seems like a, a steep hill to climb in that time. Um but as as soon as we get the funds, we are like, immediately, I've already been speaking to someone who sells milk floats. I know he's got a stock available. Um, and we'll immediately be going to him to purchase it and just hopefully get it cracking this side of Christmas. That would be the plan. And finally, today
0: a stunning image of the Queen has been beamed onto the White Cliffs of Dover to celebrate Her Majesty's life. It shows her in her younger years and was organised by Eurotunnel. You can see that picture by heading to the website.
2: Kent Online
0: Sports. Cricket and England are beginning their first tour of Pakistan in 17 years today. The seven match T20 series gets underway in Karachi this afternoon. Kent's Jordan Cox is in the squad after his first international call up. We'll have details of the result on our sister radio station, KMFM, where you can hear regular bulletins. Staying with Cricket and Kent have travelled to Hampshire for their penultimate game of the county championship season. The home side have won more games than any other team in the Division 1 table so far this season and sits second. Kent have only recorded two victories from 12 matches. Again, on our sister radio station, KMFM, plus on the sports pages of Kent Online, we'll keep you updated on how they're getting on. And a huge congratulations to Kent, who were winners of the one-day cup over the weekend. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. Plus, you can get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site. To do that, you need to subscribe. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall.